The Everything Sequel Podcast is brought to you by Tua T Fitness and the Vegas Beer Guys. The Everything Sequel Podcast contains explicit language, and I will not go to my room. Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Star Wars edition. Today we're pitching sequels. What do you do? My name is Michael Schantz. I'm from the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, pitchmaster himself, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Pitch him a little blurb, Tom. You could use a good kiss! <laughs> Pretty high. I think you might have. I think you might have improvised a little more guttural sound. Well, it, it's. Uh... I think you were thinking of of Harrison Ford as he is now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they. That's that's Indy Five, Harrison Ford. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, it's. Uh... I think I don't know if we we talked about it on the episode, but. Uh... Han Solo extremely toxic in those uh, in the the beginning of Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah, and that's uh, that's not. <laughs> but it's what counted as comedy back then. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it's a it was it's a darker sequel in many ways. It's a darker version of those characters. True. All true. Less sympathetic uh, to Han Solo's toxic nonsense. Right. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so here we are, friends. Uh, We have talked Empire. We have talked Jedi. We're dealing with the original trilogy. Obviously, we know sequels have been made that take place before and after this. news to me. (laughs) And for me, Tom, I mean, of course, every week that we do this, we, we talk about how difficult it was, how easy was it. Yeah. What choices did you make? But, I mean, if any series begs for the participants of this podcast to just abstain, this one might. Oh, interesting. Because you're talking about what uh, mo- most people consider to be, you know, the the ideal trilogy yeah. for the most part, you know? Uh, they They work in tandem with each other, with the movie that preceded them as a trilogy. They work certainly not, you know, better than, say, the Godfather trilogy, because you have that outlying movie that uh, was so many years later and that so many people didn't like. And I won't commit to that at this stage. We haven't done that. that I understand. But I think there are aspects of Jedi that people have waned on uh, over time. But for the most part, most people consider this the ideal kind of trilogy, yeah. the the original sort of this is this is what you're going for, and probably you know more than anything because as we discussed in the episodes, you have that great bridge. Empire is the perfect middle movie, really and so is. as as pitch masters, what the hell do we do? Do we go after it? Do we go in between? No matter what you do, you're ruining the trilogy. Up to a point, I think um, 
I, I agree with you. This is as good as it gets, and the more Star Wars we uh, we have in in the world, the clearer it is that this is Jedi, what works. Jedi Jedi was the fi- should have always been the finite endpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, that we've seen. Well, I mean, there 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 are there are some people who who would, you know, use Return of the Jedi as a. Uh, as the you know the only kind of exception to that and put other mm-hmm. star wars films above and below above it yeah right um i i've i've seen i can see I, again as we've said with return of the jedi i can see you can absolutely make that case but it really would have to be based on on personal taste i think it, and it's also it, it easier would... to make after lucas fucked with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. It, but if you stand this, but again, as you look at if you look at it the way we have as as a as a trilogy and as yeah. a, as a couple of sequels, you begin to see that there really is nothing else in the in, in the, the canon that, that in the franchise close, that were yeah that comes close. My trepidation about doing this comes from uh, I mean I suppose it's just because start ruining Star Wars is just a foregone conclusion now. So. <laughs> What, why? Why shouldn't I? Right? <laughs> everyone else, everyone else is fucked with it. Why shouldn't I? Um, but my trepidation comes from the fact that this, that normally when we when we kind of pitch sequels, it's just kind of a fun exercise, right? Yeah. When Star Wars fans pitch sequels, there's a certain level of toxicity. Yeah. <laughs> about that yeah, practice, right? right? <laughs> it's about wanting to sort of excise certain movies from canon. Sure. Uh, you know, make it seem like certain things didn't didn't happen. happen. Yeah. Right. Um, because of their, uh, you know, and it's a scary time. Ta- you know, it's a scary time for that sort of fan-led decision making. Mm-hmm. I think with the most recent Star Wars sequel trilogy, you can definitely see the fans had a huge influence in the direction. That the storytelling took, um, and in a way that's not that's not positive. Did not, not benefit it. Did not ben well. Did not benefit it artistically, certainly, but yeah, certainly right. in a political sense was would made it sort of you know, uh, it step made it step backwards in that regard as well. Um, so <laughs> that's that's what I'm. That's where my trepidation lies. <laughs> Um, and I think it's just scary overall, you know, when, when, even though I, I haven't seen either version, so, you know, I, I don't know where I would put myself, but I was scared by the prospect that the Snyder Cut of Justice League could happen. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. I knew it came from a place of toxic fandom. Yeah. And they were able to make that happen. Mm-hmm. It really scared me. And spend and know, 70 or 80 million say, dollars on it. And I know people, you know, I know people prefer it to the uh, the the, the um, original release, so including whatever. me. But right, but I I don't think that's not what that stands for. As me, that stands for a real red flag that yeah, the wrong kind of fandom is is getting too much is power, kind of in control, right? Yeah. So that so when I so the, there is it is kind of loaded with all of that when you when you sort of pitch the sequels. Um, but I think I've I've kind of contented myself by saying that I've picked an area of of the original trilogy that I guarantee because of what Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy have said publicly about what they're willing to do and what they're willing to not do, 
from now on, they will never go there anymore. Mm. So I know that no one is going to make this film. Can you uh, can you expand on that a little bit? Because I well, haven't I will read that. When we get to the sp- okay. I will when we get to the specific pictures. But uh, it's uh, in terms of in terms of what Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm said, uh, they basically they were trying to pin the blame on something. You know, it's all gone wrong in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And they were looking for you know, scapegoats, essentially. And a big one was uh, was the Star Wars stories, you know, Rogue One and, and uh, Solo, which to me are the most interesting yeah. parts of, the, of any of the sequels. Um, and they made it very clear that they would not be raking over that ground. Um, what do you mean? The, the, uh, like the Rogue One and the Han Solo they story? Wouldn't they wouldn't be they sequelizing wouldn't be those? They wouldn't be recasting classic characters. Oh, I got you. Um, okay. They wouldn't be. That's where they think it's gone wrong, and uh, I think they're wrong about. They're that. wrong about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's that's the own. Those are the only impossibilities <laughs> that exist for for interesting Star Wars sequels. Um, so I'm content that no one else but me is going to make this film. But I have to say... Well, I could say that I'm, about all your pitches, so I just I just come in assuming that. <laughs> apart from Polterheist. And I, I say that as a compliment, sir. <laughs> didn't sound like a compliment. <laughs> I, I realize that you might not the, take it, it as such. Ring. It didn't have the ring of a compliment. Um, i got to say... Uh, <laughs> Apologies. I all apologize. Gonna say, all I'm going to say back to you is Polterheist. Yes. You tell me there's not a market for that film. Bucket Polterheist. Two markets. Too, too much. Too many markets. <laughs> you get me every time. Every time. I know. I know. It's, it's just really, I'm really just, you know, I'm really just, I'm playing to the crowd. Pandering um, to an audience of pandering one. Pandering to an audience. Uh, but I'm a little scared about, like, publicizing this this pitch. Mm. Because, I I mean, I've been working on this for years in my head. Oh, wow. Because I realized once we like started to do this process, I was like, why is this? Why does this seem like second nature to me? And then I realized that, like, th- that I've basically been pitching Star Wars sequels throughout my life in my head as a kind of mindfulness exercise. <laughs> I've used it to help me sleep before. I've used it to relax me, like pass the time. Um, you know, I said I, I teased in the previous episode. It's the part I was pulled to play, baby. Yeah, quoting um, Troy, Mc- Troy McClure. And that's why, because you know, I I I pitched a prequel trilogy in my head before I ever saw the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the same with the sequel trilogy. Did it have to do with trade and taxes? <laughs> no. Uh, No, it didn't. Um, (laughs) It was actually, uh, yeah, it was about um, government quangos. So I was in the right area, but just not. uh... (laughs) Um, No, uh, you know, and and, uh, it's amazing, you know, I'd like, there's times when I've really regretted, like, not putting it down on paper. Uh, the whole Kylo Ren thing, like, I had that in my pitch as well. The idea Mm -hmm. of, like, a black sheep... um, offspring of uh of han and leia who was turning to the dark side it's like it's like god i should have written it down i really i really should like i yeah I yeah right least, i could have at least sued them 
There you go. <laughs> if I could have proved that it came that it came before you. Um, so I do this as a matter of course, and I've had. I've Would you had have this, kept uh, the petulant child part, where he destroys consoles because he's well, upset? Weirdly enough, it, it was my not to not to bust a rhymes myself and pat myself on the back. Go. But, um, uh, like I think I had a way more interesting take on that character because it it was it was more that he was a he was overprivileged, like he was uh, like the, the the equivalent of Kylo Ren. He he wasn't like he hadn't turned to the dark side mm-hmm. necessarily, but he was like living like any like spoiled white rich kid yeah because his mother was a princess and his father was a you know the the hero of the rebellion makes sense so he was kind of like uh so it was really more about reining him in for the fight that had to take place mm-hmm. from his bad behavior so so was, yeah you would have you would have drawn an int- interesting line between what's happening in our world today yeah and what's happening with the characters Who'd have thought? Right. What what a thought, yeah. Um but uh that's that's not how it went. Nope. Um uh, uh, I mean it would have had an arc, which is already an improvement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a couple of character walls. But we'll get there when we get there. Yes. Um but so you so you know that this this it was really about finessing a, a pre existing pitch that it that already exists in my head kind of all right not for um, me <laughs> yeah i was gonna say <laughs> how did you do with this task i stared at a blank piece of paper for a long time and and drew a death star and then it all came to you that's how yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yes <laughs> all we need is another death, death star, star. Two? Question <laughs> <book>. <laughs> yeah and that's so that's the thing is that you know, when you're dealing with an original trilogy that already has two Death Stars, that is whatever people think of the movies individually, is a kind of model trilogy mm-hmm. in in the in the sense of how we view them today. Yeah. And what do you do with it? I didn't. I didn't really have a lot of hang-ups about toxic fandom. Because you know, not many of them are going to hear this, <laughs> so no, I don't I really just, care you know, that I, much. I, but. I, I recognize that that when this is done within Star Wars fandom, it it's you it, it's usually a pretty toxic and harmful and destructive practice. I got you. Okay. Like it's just the old the overlaps that these. It, so you weren't worried so much as uh, of the reaction as opposed oh, no, no. to your participation. Oh, I don't care about those losers. Okay. <laughs> No, I don't care about. No, I just, I don't, I don't want people to think of me as the kind of. Yeah, exactly right. The let's you know, um, the kind of people that ends up with you know, who the kind of the kind of fan reaction that ends up with uh, a person of color getting less screen time in a <laughs> in a sure. Star Wars movie and having to and that particular person having to cancel their Twitter account. I understand. And know of what you speak. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do. Yeah. Sadly, there's not just one example of it, though. No, exactly. That's true. Well, at any rate, I, you know, eventually I just tried, I just wanted to tell an interesting story that I would want to see and that 
I thought made sense. Yeah. Within the guise of the the current trilogy as it is, it means it's a quadrilogy. Oh. Uh, Post Jedi. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then what you have? Well, that's not a quadrilogy then. That's uh, well, you, but it it takes place. You got an inter interquel. Yeah, that's true. I have an interquel. Yeah, I have yeah. an interquel as well. Okay. Uh, oh, I wonder if same. it's the same. <laughs> we have the, hope we don't have the same interval for our intercourse. I know. Uh, it's what? yeah. It's kind of it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating you say that. I think that like tell because there's so many like we think of the the original Star Wars trilogy as such a fixed notion of what Star Wars films would have been. But you know that even before Empire Strikes Back, there was you know a whole different direction they they could have gone in the the splinter of the mind's eye, sure version of that of how we carry on the story. I don't think there was any idea of what Jedi would necessarily be, right? Uh, when Empire ended, so it's really interesting to think about, uh, like alternatives, alternative paths that you could have they could have gone down, sure. Um, but you, but what, I, well, it's, it's, I'm going to ask you and then I'll answer for myself. Absolutely. Do, um, <laughs> does anything that happens in your sequel change anything that happens in the original trilogy as it stands? No. Significance or meaning? No. No, no, no. Um, that's good. I, I I feel like I've done the same. Yeah. And that was that was high on my agenda because there's there's too much Star Wars media out there which is right. making you reconsider uh, aspects I'm, of the Star Wars. No, yeah, that, I'm not. You, I'm not that you always considered were were settled in your head. Right. You know? I'm not. I'm asking nobody to reconsider. That's great. Well, you're already and... way ahead of the people who actually do this for for yeah a, for a living. <laughs> As are you. Well, if if we if we succeed, if we did that, yeah. If we if we <laughs> if we actually did what we said, there's definitely a version of my story which could fuck with uh, two of these films. Okay, <laughs> but I've chosen not to. I've chosen just to sort of. Uh, Mine is literally just an in between story. Inserted. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's all I was going for. It's all I wanted. And, and... it's what this. It's what the trilogy offers us. I think. Yeah, exactly. Because of this dead time in between each of the films. Right. Um, and, you know, prior... I'm starting to fear we wrote the same movie. I think we did. Um, <laughs> and, you know, prior, obviously, as Rogue One proved, prior to Star Wars as well. Yeah, sure. Because um, there's, an, there's an implied movie. There's a sort of Hall <laughs> Halloween resurrection mm -hmm. first 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. To the original Star Wars that they kind of uh, turned into an entire movie. Well, and what's interesting because with Rogue One, you're kind of specifically referring to something set in Star Wars. Yeah. That's referenced in Star Wars, and you have a reference like that in Jedi. <laughs> oh, we have written the same film. <laughs> no, we. I don't think we have. Okay. Uh. But what I was going to say was that's the easiest place to go. That's where the trilogy 
wants you to go, so I sidestepped that and oh, went somewhere God. else. Yes. Oh no, I I I wolfed down you, that did, low hanging fruit. Did, did you did you did you tell a story about many Bothans? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I found that's an even that's an even better title than the one I have. <laughs> many Bothans. Um, but it's really interesting. Did you know that? Um, in the Star Wars radio drama, uh, the the PBS radio drama adaptation of of the Star Wars trilogy, it begins with the end of Rogue One, like it starts during oh. the the battle, where they get the Death Star plans. No, so it's interesting to me that that like like they saw it as a prelude, whereas Lucasfilm was like, we can make an entire movie out of right, this. right, a movie that everybody agrees has a much better th- last third than the rest of the movie. <laughs> It's like, hmm, wonder why that is. <laughs> well, I was going to have you go first, but uh, now now that I've discovered where our stories lie, I think maybe I should go first. So you're between Star Wars and Empire. I am. Okay, well, yeah, then you should definitely go first. Uh, I, I want to see if there's a universe in which your pitch and mine can both coexist. Exist. I think there is. All right. I'm struggling with my title, Tom. I'll admit that up front. So you you don't need you you always do whether you admit it or not. Shut up! How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> now that was not complimentary. That was not complimentary. No. Uh, I what I have written down is Ashes of the Empire. Oh. But I can't good, decide sounds if sounds good, but possibly taken. And if it hasn't been taken, why the fuck not? Yeah, exactly. But is no one's done Ashes of the Empire? I don't think so. I'm gonna do a quick Google search for Carrie. All right. Now is that is that a better title than From the Ashes of the Empire? It is, Absolutely, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Ashes starts, of the Empire. It starts at the start of the alphabet. You can't ask for more. Than that. <laughs> okay. Good. Now. Uh, oh. Di- oh God. No. What? I hate to break it to you. Yeah, what? There's a video there's a Star Wars uh, video game. Oh, hang on. You might be okay because the name of the the uh <laughs> the name it. of the video game is Star Wars Battlefront and there's a mission in it called Ashes of the Empire. Oh, I'm keeping it. Oh no, sorry, it was a video game. It was a video game as well. Ashes of Empire. Well, they don't have a the. <laughs> I, you know, and this, and there's no reason why. The fact I, that it ex, the fact that it exists in canon as a video game might actually work to your advantage. Yeah. Okay. I'm keeping it. It's, it's let's let's call it an Easter, an unintentional Easter. An egg. unintentional Easter egg. Yes. I was not. I was not pilfering. No, you didn't. You didn't know. No. But I did do a little research in in sort of the lore of of. It's been so long since I looked at it. I don't I don't remember if it was comic books or, you know, sort of those some of those novels. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I read those novels too. Okay, I never read the any Tim- of those the novels. Timothy Z- the Timothy Zahn. Okay. Well, those are after Jedi, though. They are okay. Because I, I remember reading somewhere. So at any rate, in. The Empire Strikes Back. We hear the line about the bounty, the bounty hunter in Ord Mandel changed oh. my mind. 
It's the, sort of se- it's like semi low hanging fruit. It's semi, like, yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta reach, but you could still probably pull it down without on your tiptoes. Right. <laughs> yeah, we both have a line. We both have a line. Yes. That is going to develop an entire project. My line is said better than yours. Just for so. <laughs> yes, I agree. Now, uh, the bit that I I kind of uh, remember reading about was a cybernetic a cybernetic uh, humanoid uh, a bounty hunter mm-hmm. named Score. Oh, is he is he like is he related to Lobot or? Not that I remember. Okay, I just remember. I can't remember if he had a history with Solo or not. Hmm. At any rate, uh, you know, the scroll would be something in, akin to it's a dangerous time for the rebels. Oh, you're having a scroll. Wow. Well, I, I'll bullet point it for you. You know, the Death Star is gone. <laughs> bullet point. I'd love that. It comes down. It's just a series of bullet points. Uh, dangerous time for the rebels. Blah, blah, blah. Uh... <laughs> The Death Star is gone. Score, not sure Point. If he's the Death Star is gone. Point. Mark. The Empire rem- remains. Point. The concentration of power within uh, the Death Star means the Empire is kind of scattered right now throughout mm-hmm. the galaxy. Oh, yeah. Now, Darth Vader is officially taking over. He is leading the Empire, and he wishes to concentrate all the power to come together to search for Skywalker. Mm-hmm. We have an Admiral Vall disagrees he wants to immediately start building this new space station Mm. now meanwhile here's a part of the story i really like is this idea that having blown up the death star means that the price on the heads of all rebels has risen significantly in a way in which it is difficult for them to move around yeah and as we know because of empire they are currently looking for a place to put their rebel base (laughs) Right. So, they land on Ord Mandel. Mantel? Mandel. Mantel. Sorry. To, uh, Ord Mandela effect. Yes. To, they're trying to scout that planet. Uh, we're starting to see the beginnings of a, of a Millennium Falcon not working so well. It's just on the fritz. There's a few things they got to fix while they're there. And... What they notice, you know, they kind of cover up, but what they notice, you know, so it's Han, Leia, Luke, Mm. they're moving about and they're kind of shrouded. But what they're noticing is the wanted posters, everything's up, everybody is after them, you know, anybody who catches them, big time money for them. And so they're starting to feel that claustrophobic feeling of we're going to be completely screwed if anybody finds us. And they decide... Right then, after a, a, a series of events, that this is this is too dangerous right now. We should leave. Yeah. But uh, what happens? They get back to the Millennium Falcon, and who's missing? Chewbacca. So Chewbacca is gone, and now they have to stay on this planet. They have to find him. And it is that bounty hunter of score who has kidnapped Chewbacca, trying to lead our heroes in. Uh, I, I, you know, I wish I believed that they would wait for Chewbacca. <laughs> I have a horrible feeling they might just consider him collateral damage and 
and, and get up in the Falcon. You have to be proud of me. At least I didn't go for the damsel in distress. I didn't say Leia's missing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're all you're also double you I don't know quadrupling down on Chewie gets arrested or he gets captured. Yeah. <laughs> right. He gets captured in every single film. <laughs> That's true. And so what you're going to have is you're going to have what I like is, you know, when we we fairly recently were doing the Star Trek series and we were talking about the mashing of genres with yeah. Star Trek 6 The Undiscovered Country. One bit the last time we talk about it even on this episode. Uh, right. So <laughs> I'll look forward to that then, sir. So, you know, what we're going to get is that sort of film noirish kind of thing where mm. somebody's missing and they have to go find them and they're, you know. Done to perfection in Attack of the Clones. So be very careful. Done to perfection. Nothing's done to perfection in any of the prequels. You settle down, sir. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, Private Eye. <laughs> Which is what Obi-Wan Kenobi should have been. Right. But what so, not. the interesting part is you're going to have, what you're going to have at play is several things here. You're going to have Score wants all three of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I do, I I wish I remembered now, sorry, but I do remember, I do remember that there was some sort of history between him and Han Solo. And so... Oh, this is I could manufacture that myself though. You can, so you can make that shit up, make yeah. it up again. Right. Have one contradict the other. There really is <laughs> it no doesn't matter. About what can you do? <laughs> but we'll say there's a personal history. So not only does he want the money for all three of these rebels, but this is this is personal. He's got a grudge, you know, against him. Yeah, this time. So, but he's got to play it out in a way in which they don't get caught by others, but are lured into his trap. And as Luke's powers are just starting to grow, you know, we're going to have action. We're going to have adventure. We're going to have them narrowly escaping uh, Ord Mantell. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, this is a kind of a sub, you know, the B story. But what we're going to have is uh, that Admiral Vall is trying to set up Vader in a way in which he can take power from him. Yeah. And so I like that. I like that. He doesn't have any competition in Empire. Right. Exactly. And so Admiral, who's going to Admiral Peart fucking way shit scared of him. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I don't so, know. Ge- General Veers could give Vader a run. Yeah, for you're time. true. That's yeah, that's true. But he chooses not to. You know yeah. why? Because he's a good Imperial officer. <laughs> he's British after all, like the rest of them. British or Greek or American, depending on which franchise. You're yeah, in. exactly. Uh, and I just like the idea that sort of, you know, because in Star Wars, when it's good, we're always kind of telling those those multiple storylines. Yeah. That's when Jedi gets the best. <laughs> I'll hold you to that when we talk about the prequels. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that was a dangerous statement you just made there. We'll just write that down. It yeah, just keep it. Always works. I, keep it to two or three. St- Define multiple tops. Yeah, define multiple. (laughs) But I like the idea of going to a story about Vader, but it's not about them wrapped up with the rebels or trying, you know, like that's, you know, he's trying to find Luke. The other Val wants to start this, but there's this internal conflict between them. Yeah. And I like that aspect. And I like the, you know, by the end, Vader's going to sniff him out and you're gone, buddy. 
And all, all of this, of course, is going to lead us to uh, them escaping, Vader taking over completely. Uh, I kind of like the idea of, at the end of this movie, Vader saying something akin to, uh, thank you very much, Admiral Vall, as he's staring at his dead body and he looks at the guy next to him and says, now you can start the Death Star. <laughs> oh. You know? Yeah. So that we're building towards what we uh, see in Jedi. Right. But meanwhile, he's going to keep his quest for, because it leads right into that scroll of Empire. He's obsessed with Luke and he's trying to find yeah. him. Yeah, I think that is a gap you need to fill with with uh, with some... Uh, there's a... There's... There's a lot that has changed from the end of Star Wars yeah, right. the beginning of Empire. And I think... And I just... I, For that part of the story, it. I just liked the idea that there was such a concentration of power in the Death Star that they're kind of scattered and they have to actually regroup and come together yeah. in order to be a force in the way that they are uh, yeah. used to and, and want. I think I think you're, there'd be a lot of... Uh, there'd be a lot of attempted coups and power grabs, wouldn't there, at that yeah, point? Yeah, exactly. So it's a nice, I think it, that's a nice story to, t also, so here's what I like about this. Mm -hmm. There's something going on in each of the storylines. Yeah. So right. Right now you're, you're, you've, you've beaten Rain Johnson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's just not waiting for a ship to run out of gas. I think you've also uh, beaten uh, Rogue One. It's Matthew something. What's his name? And then Tony Tony Gilroy and the oh too many people worked on Rogue One but yeah Rogue One like retroactively changes how you feel about Star Wars but mm -hmm. I think you've done a really good job of well uh, that's what I wanted I, I leading into yeah I Empire. really wanted to lead into Empire that's that, that's that was the what, overall goal because I think that's that's the I like Rogue One but it, the, one of its big failings is it, it makes it hard for you to. Uh, it contaminates some of what you think about um, Star Wars. Star Wars, the original, the motion picture. Mm -hmm. So it's um, that's tough, and I think I think when you're making a movie like yours, and let's face it, mine, um, <laughs> you need to be very conscious of that, and that is very that is very conscious of that. I do have a logistical question for you. Mm -hmm. Who pays the bounty on if they get Han? The Empire. What about the Jabba? So you take half of it to oh, take that's half a good... of Han's body to because um, I always assumed yeah. that they weren't talking about the an Imperial bounty; they were talking about Jabba's. Well, I bounty. liked the idea, uh, you know, because there could be more than one bounty on him. But I liked the idea of an Imperial bounty just because the Death Star had blown up, and it, that that's what brings. All eyes, you know, the, the the Empire just goes all out. We'll give you whatever is a lot of credits in Star Wars. <laughs> but is this is this just Darth Vader using bounty hunters? Because the Imperial officers are kind of snotty about it in Empire. No, yeah, I mean, I still had the idea of, of Vader ordering this. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because he's fine. He, Vader's Because, I mean, it gives him his ultimate goal. He yeah. he wants Skywalker, but he wants him alive. And, you know, he owes Boba Fett one because he cut off his uh, dad's... He led to yeah. the beheading of his father. Yes, of course. <laughs> Let's, all, lest we not we, forget that. As we all retrospectively remember. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, there you have it. I mean, that's Ashes of the Empire. That's great. Again, 
If there's a weak link, it's the title. How dare I, you? There's no, what are the ashes? Well, the ashes are the destroyed Death Star. But the Empire is still the Empire. They just had. They just lost their big. Station. But they're weak. They have to <laughs> regather. You, yeah, but ashes cannot come back. Cannot re. What are you talking about? Vader's ashes the can't phoenix. Come back to life. I know, aside from in Hammer Horror Dracula movies, <laughs> where you can pour water on them and they make a Dracula. But you can see why I was. I wanted to say from the ashes of the Empire now. Oh. Oh, then I think probably from the ashes of the Empire. Or what about just Return of the Empire? Uh, I, I hadn't thought of it, but it feels too close to Return of the Jedi. But And the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Return of the Empire. The Jedi Strike Back at the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> But you can, I mean, you know, I guess I, I hadn't mentioned it as a scene, but I I kind of imagined a, a front, you know, first beginning <laughs> beginning scene of, of the movie of Vader having to talk with uh, the Emperor, them talking about what this does to the Empire, how weak they are, that he has to get a concentration of power back together. Yeah, every... he kind of pitches them on this idea of finding Luke, because it'll. I like that there's a pitch within your pitch. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I I also I also you know I hate to break this to you, but if you if you ever make any of these pitches into films, the first scene will be someone explaining what the title means. <laughs> That's just how it's gonna go. Yes, that's what I'm pitching to you right now. <laughs> so before we get started, everyone in this film, <laughs> let me tell you what this film's about and the yeah. kinds of terminology I would use to describe this film. Well, I still think it's better than you know, Adventures on Ord Mantel. Escape from Ord Mantel. Is... Ooh, Escape. That's pretty good. Uh or something to do with bounty, bounty hunters. Yeah, I'll re I'll reassess. I'll the get back to you. Bounty hunters become the bounty hunted. As a title. <laughs> not only does it not work as a title, it doesn't describe what happens in the film. Right, bounty hunters become bounty hunted. The That's next like the... Star Wars film coming to you, coming That's to like... a theater near you. That's like the the scene in Ed Wood with the the Glen or Glenda. It's like I changed my sex, it turns into <laughs> Glen or Glenda. Right. Um. Okay. Well, that's that's great. You filled in those gaps, uh, and these are the gaps I'm going to fill in. Very good. So you guessed correctly. I I I took you know I. I don't squeezed, sigh. I squeezed out. I squeezed out that the the juice from the low hanging fruit. Yes. Into a pitch, uh, and just I I would just say, you know, just let me headline this. I prefer Star Wars. Generally, that is a riff on some kind of genre fiction. Hmm. I think the Star Wars movies and TV shows that don't work are the ones that get too involved in uh, 
the the timeline, the chronology, the characters, the the fictional world of it, mm-hmm. as opposed to the fact that this is, you know, it's a space western or it's a yeah. you know space noir. So just bear that in mind uh, when I start stealing the plots of other films. Um, Very good then. <laughs> that's my that's my excuse. That's my apology for stealing the plots of not one that's, but two films. That's your warning. Yes, that's my warning. Um, so the name of the name of my pitch is uh, well, the name of my sequel, Imperial Spies: Colon A Star Wars Story. So it's it, it definitely sounds more like a television show. Well, yeah, but it's but if we were still making Star Wars story Star Wars stories, it wouldn't be. Don't I just thought... get on my titles because I got on yours. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. You're so tip for tat about these things. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not the best title you've ever come up with. Imperial, Imperial spies. spies. Imperial spies. I th- I literally thought when you said Imperial spies that right after that you were gonna say in disguise, and it's a musical. And he's uh, Will Smith as a pigeon. <laughs> Slapping all the other pigeons. Right. Um, anyway, Imperial Spies, a Star Wars story. All right. Uh, we Also, that connects to your love of Solo. Yeah. And, and just, you know, going forward with the, with the Star Wars stories as films rather than TV shows. Yeah. And, and trying to honor the... The projects of them, which is to sort of take a part of the timeline we haven't explored and uh, make a movie about it. Mm-hmm. So here we're we're in between Empire and Jedi. In this <laughs> this uh, indeterminate amount of time between these two films, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we, we begin on a Tie Fighter going through space, being chased by a Star Destroyer. <gasps> Okay. David versus Goliath. Right. But why is this TIE fighter running from a Star Destroyer? You might ask. That's because the, the pilot is a rebel spy who's disguised himself as an Imperial pilot, who's, you know, has uh, been spying as an Imperial pilot and is fleeing from the Star Destroyer, having his identity having been discovered, and he has information concealed in an Imperial mouse droid. Mm-hmm. Now I can describe the Imperial Mouse Droid. Of course you can. On in an audio medium by going and everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yes, you can see it right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's having to physically drop off the information that's concealed inside the droid, so he has to. Uh, so, so you know, we this is where we see the Mouse Droid fly becomes essentially a bat which is really to be a bat droid because mm-hmm. it, it sports wings and it you know and it, it flies off and it's picked up by you know a rebel uh rebel transport that's rendezvousing but of course the, the the star destroyers are chasing it and then the the pilot you know he says here's here's the information you need my cover's been blown rebel the rebel um and the you know the the uh, the rebel who's on the transport, and it goes straight to the lady with the bob haircut. Roll credits. No, no, no. Uh, All the, right. The, the, uh, <laughs> goes. So the, the rebel says, you know, it's like we we can't take you. Your cover's been blown. 
that you know you understand what this means and he's like yeah may the force be with you self-destruct so the rebel transport gets away the tie fighter is blown and the 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 rebel the rebel's best spy is now no longer mm-hmm. at least uh, have him turn around and run into the destroyer no we should save that for the next film okay Want it to be fresh when that happens in the next film. Very good. Um, he's no kamikaze. He's he's no white kamikaze. <laughs> um, a Caucasian kamikaze. Uh, so yes, we go. Then we go to the rebel base where they're examining what's on the mouse droid, um, and we see that it's uh, an imperial officer called. Oh, well, by the way, what's your what's your mother's maiden name? Whitson. <laughs> Whitson. Wits it. Okay. W H I T? S E T T. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm making your Star Wars name on Wikipedia and I'm gonna use it for one of the characters. Very good then. Uh first three letters of your last name, Shah. <laughs> yeah. Shami. Uh Shami Wee. Okay, Shami Wee. <laughs> an Imperial officer who um, has sent a hologram saying that they want to defect. They have information to give the rebels um, and they need them to, they need them to arrange an extraction. Um, And, you know, he sort of tantalizes them with a glimpse of the, the new death star. This is the first time they know that there are even plans for a new death star. Mm -hmm. Um, but of course, their 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 spy, the guy they had inside, is now dead. So they need to recruit a brand new spy. Enter Stito Lon. <laughs> um, he's brought into. Sounds the... like a magnificent stenographer. Yeah, that's my Star Wars name according to Wikipedia. Uh, so Stito Stito comes. Um, uh, he's brought in for his interview. He asks, you know, what's this this all about? Um, and he says, you know, why are you not giving this to Skywalker or Solo or Organa? And they go through the list. They say, well, Solo's frozen in carbonite. Skywalker lost a hand, and lay and Organa's some kind of bounty hunter. And if if, <laughs> if the Wookiee was a foot shorter, we'd give the mission to him. <laughs> um, and so, you know, they're bas- basically. He's like, well, you know, why me out of everyone here? Like, I'm I'm not a very experienced rebel. I've only just joined up. And he says, because we know you're a Bothan. Mm. Um, and they, they, you know, they, uh, it because because he doesn't know that they know who the Bothans are. We can do some exposition here, where he says, right. you know, we say we know that the Bothans were this were this uh, were a race of people who spy who were the uh, the official spies of the old republic and that you know once it became the empire they turned they um they refused to serve the emperor and went into the um coruscant underground nice said he said you know and only a few of them are willing to stick their heads above the parapet to join the rebellion like you so your job is you have to recruit a team of uh bothans um to pose as imperial officers and go and go to the death star where this imperial officer is going to defect and you're going to you're going to bring him back when we then we see we see the alternate side of this mhm i'm into this where, where we see what was your name shami we mm-hmm. the uh the imperial officer we see him on he's um on 
on the new Death Star, which at this point is being supervised by um, Admiral Piet, who's still stinging from you know his his near death encounter with Darth <laughs> Vader at the end of the Empire Strikes Back, and he's taking that out on his you know on on the people under his command. So we see Xiaomi Wee for the first time. It's like, what's this guy's problem? Just because you know he just because uh, he you know Skywalker and Organa got the better of his boss. Why does he have to take it out on us? <laughs> and you know his colleagues are like saying, you shouldn't be saying this sort of you know your Imperial officer you shouldn't be saying this sort of thing. They they, they might think you're a traitor or that you're going to defect or something like this. And then in the middle of the night, he's pulled out of his quarters on the Death Star. And he's brought to a conference where they say, we have a special mission for you. Um, mm. And uh, he said, you know, it's it, this comes from high up. And he's like, Moff Jared He's like, higher than that. Lord Vader? And, and, you know, his boss finally says, the Emperor himself. We turn on a hologram. There's the Emperor. <laughs> First of all, he's warned. He's like, this guy's pretty fastidious about etiquette. And he's like, what do you mean by fastidious? It's like, well, he can remote kill you from any point in the galaxy. He's like, okay, I understand. And he says, you have to say, what is thy bidding, my master, when you first get there? And of course, when the Emperor comes up, he, uh, in his sleep-deprived, nervous state, he says, what is my bidding, thy master? Um, <laughs> but anyway, the Empire, the Empire, so the Emperor is saying, you know, um, we have a mission for you. You're going to give false information to the rebels, claiming that you're defect and you're going to slip them information that uh, that I fabricated about the... Uh, the deflector shield, the location of the um, shield generator, mm -hmm. and um, the code—you know—you can the code, and you're going to get away, you know, with a with an imperial shuttle, all that, and it's it, you're going to spring a trap for us. Um, and he's saying, you know, why me for this? It's like because I sense the conflict within you, and they will <laughs> they will feel it too, so they'll believe what you're saying. Mm. Um. And anyway, so uh, so next we see, you know, recruiting all the other Bothans who are reluctant to get back into the rebellion after having been burnt by the Republic the first time. Many of them kind of totally disillusioned. Assemble a kind of A team from the Coruscant nice, yeah, right. Uh And then you know, they, many die. Yeah, and then they hi exactly, and they hijack, uh, they hijack um, uh, a, an, an Imperial transport taking reserves to the Death Star um to to help build it you know um sort of pr prior to i need more men and we shall double our efforts and all that sort of right. stuff right um and then you know the, the the rest of the film is about extracting this defect the, the this this fake um defect defecting officer from the death star and it basically ends up with uh uh stito lon <laughs> head both and spy Figuring out that this is a trap, um, and uh, Shami Wee having to um, having to shoot him to keep him quiet, basically, and he tries he tries to kill him when he finds this out, but he doesn't quite kill him, and he's uh, he's able to like pilot the Imperial shuttle back to the rebels with the information, but he dies on the journey. Oh, so, wow. Like he he's he doesn't he's not able to tell them that it's false information that they're getting, um, and you know and Shami Wee is you know he goes to the emperor having completed the mission, and he says well you know I I 
he wasn't dead when I left him, he still could have gone there and told them that this was all a trap. And the Emperor's, you know, secure in his knowledge, says, I have foreseen it, he'll die on the journey. And you've done, your work here is done, my friend. And then instantly remote kills him. We get like a, bl bl in a blaze of forced lightning from wherever the Emperor is in the galaxy. Yeah, right. So this guy, this guy gets it too. And then that's how the rebels end up with this false information. Many Bothans have died. Uh, the Imperial shuttle, the uh, the code, yeah. the Emperor's trap. It all comes together. It all comes together in a, in a movie that uh, could be described as a pretty blatant ripoff of the of Infernal Affairs slash The Departed. <laughs> right, you've got a. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what it is. That's that's that was my starting point. It's like, wouldn't it be? It's like you could tell the story through yeah. the prism of, uh, of a uh, like a, a spy, you know, the reverse, the reverse spy. You got two men pointing on either side. So that is Imperial Spies, a Star Wars story. It is what it says it is. Not a TV show. <laughs> All right. Tell this story in under two hours, damn it. <laughs> well, ladies and there'll gentlemen. Be no, there'll be no three episodes of warming up and or style before <laughs> anything happens. <laughs> they set the scene, do they? And then uh, some. Yeah, this is, it's below. I, I, in terms of slowness, I'd say it's slower than Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Bold statement. To start. Holy no. moly! There's a reason Disney Plus showed three episodes, uh, back to back. <laughs> right back to like when to they started it. It's because nothing <laughs> happens until the last ten seconds of the third episode. Noted. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what do you like? Or do you have your own idea? Yeah. What would you do with the original trilogy, given the chance? You're going to have to let us know. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. You're going to have to tell us, which one do you prefer? For Tom Seward of Lonesome Whistle Productions, Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. When you hear us next time, we'll have a brand new series for you. <laughs> One that we've teased before. Yeah. <laughs> so, say goodbye to everybody, Tom. Keep your distance, but don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. That still makes me laugh. I like that line. Was that Harrison Ford enough for you? Yep. <laughs> that was that was 83 Harrison Ford for sure. You aren't going 22. Everything but the Norman fell face and the cross-eyed acting. <laughs> Excellent. All right, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. Until next time. Does the coronavirus have you feeling oogie? Have you been sitting on your couch for weeks? Nay, have you been sitting on there for months? Well, it's time for you to get back in shape. Check out 2AT Fitness. 
You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook. To a T Fitness was started by Tina Bernard. She is ready and raring to go to help you get back into the shape you want to get into. They've got all kinds of classes. They've got outdoor in-person classes. They've got online classes if that's what you prefer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get back in shape. You're going to find a variety of exercises. You're going to have strength training, cardio, weightlifting, even fun five-minute burnouts that will push you to your limits. So get off the couch, get into shape. Go ahead and check out Tua T Fitness. Tina Bernard has got you for all your needs. I know her personally. She's fantastic. You're not going to meet a better person to help you become the new you. Check it out. I like to think I know something about beer, but nowadays even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need, the Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer. 